Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Welcome to the program. Please enjoy this clip preached in 1994 about living a prepared life, having discernment, and manifesting the life of God. But thank God, 17 times in the Word of God you'll find the word accurate, precise, or exact. And that's what Jesus meant when he said, live by every single word of God. Now, that's why every message the pulpit gives is of God. Because we're to live by every word. And to live by every word, I've got to have information from every word. John 19.14 the Passover feast was prepared. Mac 1, God prepared a way. 30th verse. John 14.3, a prepared place. Palm Sunday, an ass had been prepared for Jesus to borrow. Prepared. Prepared. The eye hath not seen, neither has the ear heard what God has prepared. 1 Corinthians 2 9, for them that love him. Prepared. 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 God prepared the very precise emphasis for this weekend. And even if any of it wasn't light, it's still prepared by God. Every single message is prepared. By God. Prepared. Isaac said, prepare, prepare ye, prepare ye. That oldest older Christian wasn't prepared for this weekend, isn't here this morning. They'll say it's their job, but they had 11 months to prepare not to be at their job. Amos 4.12 Prepare to meet thy God. Just does not mean at the judgment, even though it does. It means prepare to meet God every morning. Prepare to meet God for every appointment. I have to prepare. He has prepared something for me. I have to prepare, be prepared to get it. I have to choose and make plans and prepare. Be a prepared Christian. Prepare not to lust. Prepare to know what to say without thinking in Luke 21.14. Don't meditate on what you're going to say. That means you're so prepared you don't have to think of what you're going to say. You're already prepared to say it whenever that comes up. You, you have a fixed heart in Psalm 57.7. You don't even have to meditate what you're going to say because your heart is already prepared through precise light. How many understand that? Prepare. When you go in the service, other than smiling greetings, don't talk before the sermon. 
sit down sit down talk after all you want to you have an angel probably at your right shoulder you have a message that was prepared in eternity past coming from the pastor That's why I like the adjustment in music. If the music goes too long, it taxes the messenger. I like a 15-minute song service. Never over that. Because true worship is in the Word of God. Prepare. Your heart before the service. Prepare your heart before the. I know what builds churches. I built everywhere through Jesus Christ and good people like you. Everywhere. Maine, New Hampshire, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I know what it's like to build a church. I know how to do it. And I know it can be done every single place. when you can get a few prepared people that become the pivotal force that holds back God's judgment. The second thing that is extremely crucial is discernment. I can't tell you enough how the generality crowd can't discern. All the radio programs are wonderful. They preach Jesus. Would you shut up? If you think they preach Jesus, test them on the doctrine of restoration. Test them on precise light. Test them on standing with another ministry when a ministry goes through a trial. They sound like they're preaching, right? But they don't carry it into precise light. They live in good doctrinal generalities. And you better discern them and love them and pray for them and edify them behind their back but you better have discernment discernment I'm commanded by God to have discernment and my love has to be according to knowledge in Philippians 1.10 and I'm in 1 Corinthians 12 I'm commanded to have spiritual discernment and understanding 32 times means discernment to perception of precise truth. But you see this business of discernment? Do you see how easy it would be to be a good church and to be clean and preach against, you know, the dirty dozen? But at the same time, at the, at the, while you've got another dirty dozen that, you know, you don't, you, adultery isn't your problem, barroom's not your problem, but... If the, if the truth is known, you have a few. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know about you, but I have a few that try to come into my life. If you don't, you're a liar. Here's the thing. Discernment. Discernment follows wisdom. And wisdom is receiving the word of God and applying it precisely. 
The last thing I want to talk about, which to me is the most crucial subject in the world. Women must have it. Men must have it. The manifestation of God. I could remember... I could memorize the entire Word of God and not have a manifestation of God. I could be living clean and not have a manifestation of God in my life. For this purpose, did Jesus Christ operate in manifestations to destroy the works of Satan and demons. First John three eight. For the Son of God was manifested, your King James says, to destroy the works of the devil. But that's not how it is in the original. It's in the function and operation of faith obedience, Jesus Christ manifested the very life of the Father which destroyed the very works of demons and satanic operations. manifestations destroying Satan's unbelievable work what does it mean practically speaking the manifestation of wisdom destroys his lies of knowledge and human wisdom the manifestation of power destroys the power of Satan the manifestation of love destroys everything that a lack of love causes. The manifestation of patience destroys everything that fights the plan of God. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Oh, does Satan hate prepared lives that have discernment to live in precise light that manifest God. We which have resurrection power are always delivered unto the cross that the life of the Lord Jesus might be manifested in human in our human body. What is victory over sin but a manifestation of the power of God? What is forgiveness that forgets but a manifestation of redemption in action? See? What is obedience but a manifestation of integrity? What is kindness but a manifestation of gentleness? What is meekness but a manifestation of humility? What is thinking no evil but a manifestation of charity? What is discipline but a manifestation of Calvary? In your life right now, prepare Take your calendar. 
First, locally. First, for your local assembly. Prepare to come in midweek. Prepare to come to both services Sunday. Purpose it in your heart. You're not going to miss anything. Unless it's vacation, or you have to work, or you're sick. See, you'll never have to miss anything if you've already prepared to go without thinking. See, you prepared your heart to go without thinking because you prepared to meet God. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Great message and very convicting, really. And the difference between operating in the flesh and living in spiritual obedience by faith is amazing. And it's important to determine the difference between the two. In Joshua 24:15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there is a real decision that we make as new people in Christ. Not serving under the letter of the law, not judging between good and evil and deciding to do good. Because really, we know the trap that this, that's there. There's that Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, Romans 8 release that we have from that whole economy. In Romans 7, starting in verse 21, I find that a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And that's interesting. When I would do good, evil is present with me. And many think, well, I have a desire to do good, and yet I do bad things as well. But really, maybe, the when I would do good, that desire to do good, is the evil present with me. I'm eating at the wrong tree. I'm eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But there's a yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And when I live in that, I'm living at the right tree. And there's a yes that's with God. And it's in his revealed will and in his promises that are all yea and amen that I am going forward with God and pre-planning to do things with him. I'm pre-planning to do things because he's laid out that these are good things. And if you've listened to this program before, you know I talk about 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 is a wonderful verse because it talks about me confessing my sin unto God and him being faithful and just to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I know this verse. I pre-plan to use it. 
Now, I don't pre-plan to sin, but God has told me that I have an old sin nature and that there's going to be this battle and that I have an advocate with the Father and that Jesus Christ is ever living to make intercession for me and that I can apply this particular scripture in my life. So instead of just living totally in the moment without any kind of planning at all, I pre-plan that this is what I'm going to do, that I'm going to rebound. Then I'm going to confess my sin, then I'm going to forsake it, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, and I'm going to go forward. And that's awesome. I can pre-plan many things in my life. I can pre-plan to receive grace. I can pre-plan to forgive based on the finished work when someone hurts me. I'm going to pre-plan to walk by faith. I'm going to plan to read my Bible. I plan to love my wife. That is great. Like that kind of planning. Psalm 57 Starting in verse 7. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. And there's something about our heart being fixed. When the psalmist is saying, I'm planning on getting up early in the morning tomorrow and beginning my worship time. I'm making a plan. It's not a plan in the power of our flesh. We'll fall right on our face when we make certain plans alone. Presumption is when I make my plan alone. I make a decision about what I'm going to do, not led by the Holy Spirit, but just little old me. And then I demand that God gives his stamp of endorsement upon my plan and blesses it and, and, and gives me the power to do it. And guess what? Sometimes I just don't have that power and I wonder why. And it's because I'm functioning by myself in my own plan. But when I'm not functioning in my own plan, I'm functioning in his plan. There's power to function in that plan. And I can make plans with God. And it's important that I do. It's important that I do because there are some things in life that aren't going to get done unless I pre-plan that that's how I'm going to function. If I pre-plan that I'm never going to fail again, I'm a fool. Because that's not going to happen. But I can, re- I can pre-plan to rebound. I can pre-plan to go out on evangelism. I can pre-plan to love. I can pre-plan these things. I can make decisions in my heart. And that will is like a muscle. When, when I am passive, it gets lazy. And maybe in the moment when it's time to make the decision, I'm not ready to make that decision because I haven't been making decisions. I haven't been active in my faith. But if I'm active in my faith and going forward, there's something about that. That when it's time to make the decision, I can make it because I'm exercising my will. I'm exercised in my will. And I I am led by God. I am steered by God. I'm going in a direction. God has veto rights in our lives to say, no, you know what? All right, we're going to stop this. We're going to shift gears and we're going to do this. And we are ready to do that. We're not so inflexible in our pre-planning that we can't that we can't be steered by God and we want that to be steered by God. Jesus says in John 14:3, "And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also." You know, God's love, he's pre-planned the salvation for us. It is amazing. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins is utterly amazing. That there are thousands and thousands of years worth of people's lives, all seen within God's om, om, omniscience, his omnipresence. 
And his perfect plan of salvation could would encompass every and any scenario. Because he pre-planned. Love pre-plans. And he pre-planned. And he is pre-planning. And he is executing his plan as he goes. And we love him in return. There's something about that. That we plan to love him. We 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 plan to do things together with him. We we plan to have a relationship with him. We plan to practice his presence during the day. We can pre-plan times of prayer. Later, oh, when I get off of work, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have a time of prayer with you, God. We're going to do this together. I pre-plan it. And then we, when that time comes and the moment arrives, then, oh, we have that time and it is oh so sweet because it was an appointment with destiny, with God. It was an appointment with heaven. And that is amazing. And there is a spontaneous life that we live with God, this moment by moment leaning on him. And that is awesome. And that is not discounted by this other kind of life that we have that reaches into the future and has a desire to see God glorified in events that need more than a little bit of of planning and steps in order for those things to be accomplished. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Did you know that God had a plan for you before the foundation of the world that you could walk in? It's not a plan that overrides your will. Your will is worked well into it. And you have decisions to make. And you can make a decision to receive Christ as your Savior. You do that. You may, you, you enter into a world you've never imagined existed. Where events and mercies are all planned out for you by God. It is amazing. If you shut that door and never walk through it, you'll never know. You'll be absent from the presence of God and absent from His great plan which will make sense of your life. But if you walk through it, You'll be amazed to find out the intimacy and the glory involved in this kind of relationship with this God, this unique relationship that only can happen with God through Christ. So I challenge you, pray this prayer with me. Father, come into my life. Lord, I'm asking you. I see your loving hand. I get glimpses of it in history and in my own life. And I want you to come in and make me yours. I want to believe, invest belief in your son and his death, burial, and resurrection. And I ask you to come into my life to save me, to cleanse me, to make me yours. That we can have a planned out future together. I'm asking these things with a prayer of faith right now. In the name of your Son, in Jesus' name, amen.